Hello, Minimizers. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus. And together, we are the Minimalists. So I was sifting through my kitchen cabinets last week, trying to jettison any and all expired food items. As I searched, I found a shocking amount of condiments, packages, and even over-the-counter medications that have outlasted their use-by date, which got me thinking. Why don't we talk about this on the podcast? So on today's episode, we're going to talk about expired things, things like expired food and expired material possessions and expired daily habits. Then this Thursday on the Minimalist Private Podcast, Ryan and I are going to take it beyond the home and talk about expired careers, expired obligations, expired hometowns, and even expired relationships. You can check that out at patreon.com slash the minimalists. Your support keeps our podcast and YouTube channel 100% advertisement free because advertisements suck. Our first question today is from Kendra on Facebook. I keep a whiteboard on my fridge to jot down the expiration dates of food. How can we systematically check the expiration dates of other parts of our lives? I thought this Hmm. was a great question to start with, Ryan. So we're talking about expiration. That's what got me looking into this. What did you notice when you were going through your your cabinets and and fridge and did you have a bunch of expired stuff like I did? Yeah, and it's interesting because like I did not think I was going to have anything because exp- Mariah does such a good job of in the refrigerator. Like she's very strict with um, with expiration dates, mainly because she has stomach issues. So you know, like past a certain date. Um, it, it, you start to get these histamines and like it upsets her stomach. So like she goes out of her way to like make sure there's no old anything in the refrigerator except for all my sauces. I, I am king sauce. I love the sauces. So he really is the sauce king. So let me guess. You opened it up and you started looking and you were devastated by how many of these things were expired. Like <laughs> yeah, I was. Th- there was, there was a few, there was like, a, there was some chili paste. There was like some salad dressing. Uh, there was a hot sauce. There was only three or four things in there, but I will tell you, um, a lot of the sauces are coming up on expiration dates. Mm-hmm. So that just means I have to like, you know, chug a bunch of sauce over the next month or two. <laughs> um, but really where the, the majority of the expiration, uh, ex- expired stuff came from was vitamins. Like that was, cause like what will happen is, you know, someone recommends like, Hey, take this five HDP or whatever it is. And you start taking it and then you kind of, it kind of falls out of your routine. So you're like, well, I'll just hold on to those in case I ever have a symptom that that vitamin, you know, might be able to, 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 uh, uh, you know, help. And yeah, I was going through and like, there was just a ton of like, that was the vast majority of it was expired vitamins. Other than that, um, that was it. No medications. Uh, oh, I take that back. Mm-hmm. We did have like an unopened box of NyQuil DayQuil mm-hmm. that was expired, but yeah. I, I, but I never really, I don't know, man. Like you can still take it for up to a, a little bit after the expiration date, right? Right. And so that's what I want to clarify today because, well, this term expiration date is often misused or, well, it's a generic term. And so I have some articles here. We're going to put a link to both of these in the show notes. There's one from the New York Times, which I'm not going to read, but it's called the food expiration expiration dates you should actually follow. We'll put a link to that in the show notes, but then I have something else from WebMD, and this is called Food Expiration Dates, What to Know. And uh, so it goes into talking about understanding food expiration dates. And I think the, the thing to, to really think about here is that, well, it's this first line in the New York Times article, expiration dates 
are not expiration dates. <laughs> that that's actually says the first thing you should know. So mm. from that article, it, it talks about how these expiration dates, other than infant food, are completely voluntary. So you don't have... To, it's not like... I always thought in my mind, like, oh, I'm supposed to... Yeah, uh, or these companies are supposed to put an expiration date. They have to by law. FDA must. No, 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 that's not true. Hmm. They do it because well, they, there's a different bunch of different kinds of dates. So in this WebMD article, there's a sell-by date, which means what? Well, it means the store wants to sell it by a certain date. Otherwise, they take it off their shelves yeah. because they know it's getting ready to spoil. Things like milk and yogurt and cream and eggs and lunch meat and salad mixes. But then there is the best if used by date which is different from the sell-by date. So it's best if it's used by. It doesn't mean it has to be used by. Things like canned goods, crackers, cookies, spices, etc. So your food may be good for months or even years after this date with proper storage. Then there's the used-by date. So that's also different from a best if used-by date. Mm. This gets really confusing, right? Wow, yeah. So eat food by this date for best quality. Now, okay. it turns out with your medication and your supplements, that's also the case. So I texted uh, a doctor friend of mine, Dr. Tom Tommy Wood this mm-hmm. morning, and we were talking about it, and he was saying, well, yeah, if you want them to, if they, they tend to lose potency after their expiration date. That mm. said, they're not immediately rendered useless or stale or bad or anything like that. Yeah. It's that a lot of medications and supplements, they're no longer optimal for what you're trying to treat or mm. help or symptoms. And so okay. when you think about it, like I, I, uh, <laughs> I, when I was, so I went to the fridge and then I started going through the uh, the medicine cabinet, and I saw this canker sore release. I, I got a canker sore back in 2013, mm. and I bought, like, Cankerade. That's the last time you had a canker sore? Yeah. That's incredible. I used to get them all the time. I mean, they're just ulcers in, in your mouth, right? It's, so, when I stress, I get I get canker sores. I get them in my small bowel, and I can't really use Cankerade on that, right? <laughs> just chugging Cankerade. <laughs> and anyway, so I looked at it, and it said expired 2014. Mm. And why was I holding on to it? Well, emergency item. That's at least what I told myself, right? Mm -hmm. And so to get back to Kendra's question here, yes, I think we can talk about expired food, but I think it goes beyond the food. It goes to supplements and medications, and then I think it goes elsewhere in the home. Mm. So. I'd encourage you to check out both of these articles because it goes through the use-by date, what is an actual expiration date, and then there's a quality assurance date as well, which is like for food safety. Ultimately, here's the the general synopsis of this WebMD article. Once food arrives in your home, it's good for a certain length of time. This guideline is only an estimate. Around 90% of the people in the United States don't understand that expiration dates uh, are on food labels. They throw away food that is still good if it could be frozen or and used later. Mm. And so they have uh, some examples in here. For example, milk is good seven days in your fridge. Store it in the back of your fridge for the coldest temperatures. Eggs are good for three to five weeks. Like milk, you should store eggs in the back of your fridge. Ground meat and poultry are good for only one or two days in your fridge. If you plan to use it later, freeze it right away. So this is one, one to two days when it's thawed out. This yes. isn't. Interesting, because yeah. the so you go to the grocery store, they've got all the chicken, beef, and all the meat, you know, sitting in the in the cooler mm-hmm. that's refrigerated. Yes, so they have to sell that within the next couple of days; otherwise, they have to throw it out. 
probably yeah interesting okay yeah. i mean I, I i'd suspect some stores probably don't follow yeah. that yeah but um yeah it, the thing is you can freeze it though and then obviously it's long for it, it works for much longer it, it's fine yeah. for much longer yeah. so uh, lunch meat is good for two weeks before it's opened and three to five days after it's open. Cooked meat and poultry are good for three to four days. Uh, dry rice or pasta are good for one to two years in your pantry. Steaks are good for three to five days in your fridge. Canned fruit is good 12 to 18 months in your pantry. Once open, it's five to seven days. I'm going to go back to this New York Times article real quick and just highlight something here, Ryan. Hmm. Uh, let's start with the things you definitely don't need to worry about. Vinegars, honey, vanilla, and other extracts, sugar, salt, corn syrup, and molasses will last virtually forever with little change in quality. Regular steel cut or rolled oats will last for a year or so before they start to go rancid. But par-cooked oats or instant oats can last nearly forever. Hmm. Same with grits versus instant grits. Mm. So there are some things that last forever, but that throws up my skepticism and antenna, right? Yeah. Because... Nothing lasts forever. Sure. And so I have to think about expiration dates with respect to food. And if I have food in my home that never expires, it's probably not really food. Dude, this makes me think about, um, I got a chiropractic buddy, chiropractor buddy in um, Missoula, Montana, and he took a Happy Meal, hamburger, French fries, put it in a um, display case. And like he basically like the plaque just says the date of when he put it in the case, and there is no mold or anything like growing on it. It's so weird, terrifying. And I asked him, I was like, "Oh, is this like a you know like a, a vacuum seal or something? Like, is that how you're you know?" And he's like, "No, like he just picked up the the case. Like, it's just a cover. It's there's no vacuum seal on it. Wow. And it's just been sitting there for at least five or six, yeah, going on six years now. It's crazy. Man. Well, let's let's we eat this." Yeah, we, we eat a lot of things that aren't food, right? Yeah, right. We did the minimalist diet episode on, on the minimalist uh, private podcast uh, with uh, Ben Greenfield and uh, my wife, Bex, who's a dietitian, nutritionist. And she used to do food safety for a university. And even she's, you know, anytime I, I have OCD, so like if I see the expiration date, I'm like, we got to get rid of this. She's like, well, no, it still has this many days. Or, and so uh, understanding an expiration date, I think it's really important. It doesn't mean you have to immediately waste the thing, yeah. throw it out. It may still be good beyond its supposed expiration date however these are indicators they're not a hundred percent certain yeah but i'd like to take kendra's question here and move it beyond the kitchen move beyond the medicine cabinet she says she keeps a whiteboard on her fridge to jot down the expiration dates of food but how can we systematically check the expiration dates of other parts of our lives Hmm. so what other parts of our lives well, I, we have some rules in place. Yeah. Kendra, if you go to the minimalists.com slash rule book, you can download the free 16 rules for living with less. It's a free ebook that you can download there at the website. And we use some rules that essentially allow our things to expire as well. Yeah. So one of those rules is the seasonality rule. Yeah. And I think that's a, a perfect way to start. If you go to any room in your house, you go to your closet. Mm-hmm. Right now it's fall. Have I used this in the last night? You pull out a sweater. Mm -hmm. Have I used it in the last 90 days? Well, no, I didn't use it in the summer, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. And am I going to use it in the next 90 days? Well, yeah, if you are going to use it in the next 90 days, great. Then it's not expired. Yeah. 
But if that thing's been in your closet for three years, mm-hmm. it's probably expired. Yeah. Maybe your seasonality rule at home is, yeah, 12 months. The 12-month, 12-month rule, whatever it is, right. these, are, uh, these are, yeah, these are ways that you can keep expiration dates um, uh, in your household with, with other things besides your food. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So let's, let's think about when you go throughout your house, there are some things that, of course, aren't going to expire. You have toilet paper. It doesn't expire. Mm-hmm. I call them just for when items. Mm. Like I buy a case of toilet paper or I'll buy certain things just for when I need them. And then there are the, the emergency items. These are just in case items that you hope you'll never have to use. Yeah. Now, it turns out that sometimes we can use that rule, like I was for the canker aid. Mm-hmm. I was using that to justify holding on to that thing that if I was honest with myself, I wasn't actually going to use it. I, it had been several years. I had gone without using it. Mm-hmm. I could have given myself permission to let go. And so last week, I obviously gave myself permission to let go of anything that was wildly expired, was past its uh, potential potency yeah. when, when it comes to medications or over-the-counter things or even food, salsas, condiments, etc. I saw some things in there that were just... I was shocked because I used to go in every 90 days. I would do the seasonality rule for my condiments and stuff mm-hmm. even. Because I don't keep many condiments. I am not the sauce king like Ryan. I, I aspire <laughs> to be able to eat all the sauces he does. Yes, please uh, list your favorite sauces in the comments below so I can try them. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we're streaming this live for the first time for our patrons, the intentionalist level and up. So intentionalists, uh, true fans, VIPs. And so if you're participating on YouTube right now, you want to let us know some of the things in your fridge that are expired. Mm-hmm. Let us know. Well, you can just comment in Alabama. We'll pull that up. She'll curate that, and uh, she'll get it together for us. But we do have a question here from Ryan in Seattle. When we're talking about consumables here, I am looking at some consumables that were expensive to buy, and I have pretty well resolved to not buy them again. And they're high-quality high type things. So I have, like, some shaving oil and uh, really high-quality shaving cream. Things like that, and things that I I do use, but so infrequently that it's it kind of adds up to being clutter. And I wonder how you guys feel about getting rid of those type things, and what advice you have for just things that were expensive once that I I don't feel like I'll clutter my life with those type things again. But I, I it's hard. The idea of parting with them now is kind of hard to wrap my head around. So speaking of excuses to hold on to things, I think this is one of the like uh, easiest excuses to use is, well, I paid a lot of money for that. I remember when I was going through my packing party and letting go of a lot of that stuff, um, it was hard to let go of these expensive items. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, uh, well, A, you've got to look at sunk costs. So sometimes you, you spend a lot of money on something. You're never going to get that money back out of it. Um, you know, ultimately, uh, uh, the expiration date on these shaving oils, if it's if it's expired, it's expired. It doesn't matter how much it costs. Uh-huh. Um, but if you know, if you're using it every ninety days or whatever your seasonality rule is, yeah, hang on to it. That's fine. But using the excuse of it costs a lot of money—that is, uh, it, well, it's just an excuse. Amen. 
let's talk about what is clutter because he, he's talking about how these things might be clutter. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I have my own definition of clutter in my life. If it's a burden or if it gets in the way of the things that add value to my life, mm. then it is clutter. Now, obviously, what's clutter for me is different for you and, and anyone else who's watching or, or listening to this, yeah. right? And so understanding right now, it's clearly a burden. You wouldn't be calling in and asking about it, but that sunk cost that Ryan is talking about, you have to let that go. The sunk cost, as soon as you've spent the money on it, it's gone. Now, the question is, what can I do with that? Am I able to resell it? Well, probably not with shaving cream and things like that. Yeah. But if it is a burden and you're only using it intermittently out of obligation, well, I guess I spent a lot of money, so I should use this. Mm. Well, here's another rule that comes into play, the spontaneous combustion rule. We just yeah. did a whole episode about that. I encourage you to go back and take a listen to the entire episode because the question we ask with the spontaneous combustion rule is... If this were to spontaneously combust, would I replace it? Hmm. And obviously for Ryan, the answer is hell no. I definitely wouldn't replace it. Yeah. If the answer is hell no, well, then I'm definitely going to let it go. Yeah. Ryan, I hope to see you in, not you. Well, I hope to see you as well, Ryan. I'll be there. But Ryan in Seattle, <laughs> we're going on the Love People Use Things tour, the second half. We have 11 more cities, Seattle, Vancouver, San Francisco, Los Angeles. And we'll be in the Midwest at some point, Minneapolis and Chicago and Columbus and Toronto. And we'll also be on the East Coast as well. We'll be uh, New York City, Boston, Washington, D.C. We got special guests, secret guests in every city. <laughs> City, including Seattle. We hope to see you there. Theminimalists.com slash tour to find a city near you. Or if you're Ryan in Seattle, we're just going to send you a couple tickets. We'll, uh, we'll see you there. Make Heck sure you yeah. say hi. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is? It's time for the lightning round where we answer your text messages. You can text your questions and comments to 937-202-4654. Yes, indeed. Now, during the lightning round, this is where Ryan and I do our best to answer questions with a short, shareable, less than 140-character response. We put the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you like. And now you can find all of our minimal maxims in one place thanks to our good friend Jessica Lynn Williams. That's uh, minimalmaxims.com. Ryan, Daryl has a question for us. What can we do about expired sources of content? Maybe you've read the same blog for years and the viewpoint, narrative, and opinions have now expired for you. When is it time to look elsewhere for content? Well, Mm. I have a pithy pithy answer here. Maybe, well, let's talk about this. So maybe content's the problem, right? So here's Mm. my pithy answer. Less content, more contentment. Mm. Isn't it the content that's often making us miserable? Yeah. The fire hose of information, the breaking news, the chirons, the, well, the never-ending, we call it a Twitter stream, right? Yeah, right. And try, it's like if you go to, uh, remember we were in all, uh, Aspen recently, yeah. and like we went down to the stream there, and it was great. We, di- we literally dipped our toes in the water. Yeah. We actually put our whole feet in the water. Mm-hmm. But imagine if you were trying to consume or touch all of the water. Mm. You never could. No. And that's that's why we feel so that's part of the reason why we feel so discontented is because we're trying to consume it all. We think that we should consume it. And I think it's making us miserable. And so maybe it's not about replacing it at all. Maybe it's about simply doing without. Maybe when you have gotten rid of something, it's not about searching for a replacement. I know when I was uh, letting go of those expired items in my fridge, and I think this is a metaphor for all the other items in our house, mm. 
I let go of those things. It wasn't like, oh, now I need to go hurry, rush to the store, replace these things. Sometimes I might need to replace it, but just because you've gotten rid of something doesn't mean you must replace it. Sometimes you'll feel more contentment, more peace if you do less, because doing less is not about the doing, it's about the less. Yeah. You know, it's it makes me think about how uh, people who rely on one source of news or a blog or whatever it is, that's, that's a way to really put yourself in a bubble. And so, you know, if you're relying on one source for anything, I think that's probably problematic in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, Unless it's the minimalist podcast. That's right. Exactly. Yes. It's a very diverse, uh, diverse thoughts. And uh, yes, we keep you updated with all the breaking news. (laughs) Can you imagine? We're moving on to our breaking news segment now. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I cannot imagine. But here's the thing. No matter what though, if you're clinging to something, um, it's it's going to be a, a bit of a detriment. So uh, here's my pithy answer. Clinging corrupts contentment. Woo. So anything that you're clinging to, you're actually ruining that experience. So if you're clinging to just uh, you know some blog that you've always read and it served you 10 years ago and now you're just clinging to it because it's a habit, um, you're actually ruining that experience of reading the blog. So yeah, don't cling. That's such a, such a good point because... There are some things that really did serve us. And I think it's most extreme when you look at like pre-pubescent humans and post-pubescent humans. Like Mm. there are things that really added value to my life when I was five years old. Yeah, I used to really like Nickelodeon magazine. And I like (laughs) He-Man figurines, right? Right. Yeah. Skeletor was my favorite. (laughs) Of course he was. (laughs) So I... um, uh, in fact, by the way, I, there was this, uh, there was, I think it was a patron who reached out. I, I sent you the meme they sent me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's like a very common meme. It's like, a, it's, like a, it's an interesting fact uh-huh. that, that is, it's kind of a funny fact. And then it puts a weird thought in your head. And then like, yeah, so it's Skeletor. Like, here's this interesting fact. Right. And then it shows him running away. And he's like, until next time. Right. Yeah. In fact, I can't say it because we haven't. I'll, I'll save it for the, uh, the maximal, maximal episode yeah. this week because... Uh, I don't want to ruin our perfect record this week yeah. with uh, with no curse words. All right. But, uh, oh, uh, Alabama, I think we probably have some comments or some folks from uh, from Patreon who want to weigh in on the live stream. We do. Irene wants to know, what can we do to tell that we've entered a new season in life and it's time to let hobbies, friendships, and old dreams expire? Mm. Yeah. Mm. And, and so whenever I'm I'm looking at a material possession, I start with with does this add value to my life? Yeah. Now, how do, I, how do I even quantify that? Well, it's not about quantifying it. It's not even an intellectual exercise. Mm-hmm. It's an emotional exercise. And if I have that sort of heart feeling that, oh, this isn't serving me anymore, mm-hmm. or maybe it never served me at all. It was something I thought, this hobby, I really wanted to try because I saw other people having ecstatic fun with rafting or fly fishing or snowboarding. And that's wonderful for them. In fact, I was on the beach yesterday with Bex. We were, we do every other Wednesday off, and we just you know go to the beach or somewhere and, and just sort of be. We don't do a whole lot. It's kind of like a, a Terrence Malick film mm-hmm. where we're just uh, just sort of wandering around a little bit, and there's no point to what we're doing. <laughs> and I saw this guy who was practicing kite surfing, but he was doing it on the beach. He wasn't actually in the water doing. It. He was just like testing out the the, the kite. Yeah. Yeah. And what was so fat, I'm sure you've seen people because you go surf all the time. Sure. But what was fascinating about that, my first inclination was, oh, I should do that, mm-hmm. right? And maybe it'd be great. 
But let's say I felt like I was obligated to do that. I'm supposed to do that. I need to have a hobby. Mm. Well, that's exactly what you were talking about with the question earlier from Daryl. Now I'm clinging to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I don't, I would never feel, I don't know. I don't feel comfortable telling anyone here should be the expiration date. Here's how long it had, you know, what I can tell you in answer to that question of, you know, how do we know it's a new season? If you know, you know. You know, I mean, if, if, He's if you're push a T there, that's right. If you know, you know, I mean, really it comes down to, uh, it, it, it would be really easy and simple to have these very clear cut expiration dates, especially when it comes to our job, when it comes to our, uh, friendships, when it comes to a hobby, but ultimately you got to look at like, how are you, how are you feeling? Are you feeling discontented? If you are, then that's probably a symptom that maybe it is time for a new season, but certainly you don't want to sit there and look in the mirror and ask yourself, should I be stressing out right now? Should I be anxious about, I mean, that's, that's the, uh, that's the worst thing that you could do. So yeah, I mean, if you know, you know, that's you, what I was, you was fa- I love that question, Ryan. Should I be stressing out right now? Because as soon as you ask it, you realize how absurd the question is, right? Yeah. And you realize, well, no, obviously, like worrying is just praying for something bad to happen in the future. Right. You can tweet that podcast, Sean. But what I will tell you is that by asking that question, should I be stressing out right now? It's like, well, the answer is always going to be no to that unless Mm -hmm. there is some sort of immediate danger, fear, threat against us then of course yes i should be stressing out but even then at that point i don't actually need to ask the question yeah if a lion comes busting through that door i'm not like hey ryan should i be stressing out right now (laughs) no i'm going to be stressing out immediately yeah but we we're now treating everything like it is a lion busting through the door oh you know that person looked at me funny when i got in the elevator Mm. because uh they weren't wearing a mask and i was or something we have an elevator here (laughs) actually yes (laughs) but it doesn't take you to this floor strangely Anyway, I know we have a bunch more questions from the live stream and patrons. We'll get there on this week's Maximal episode, but I know, Emma, you have something for us, right? Here are some voicemail comments and insights from our listeners. Hi, my name is Erin, and I live in Salt Lake City. And first off, I wanted to thank you, um, all the minimalist team, um, for your podcast. It continually helped me simplify my life and to recognize that simplicity and minimalism is a journey and not a destination. It's something that I have to continually work at. Um, During the clothing episode, you touched a lot on intentional purchasing, and I had a tip I've been using lately that I hope can help other listeners express intentionality when they need to buy things. Um, So what I do is I keep a note on my phone of questions that I have to look at and answer before I purchase something, and it can be anything from groceries to clothing. And you can come up with whatever questions work for you, but here are mine as an example. So the first one is, uh, and hopefully it's the podcast favorite, uh, does this add value to my life? The second one, can I afford it? The third, can something else do the same job or substitute well enough? So hopefully it forces me to be a little bit creative and see if I can find something already that will work. Um, Fourth, will I use it frequently enough to warrant buying it? So it helps me consider if it's something that maybe I can borrow or rent instead. The fifth, can I buy it used if I do need to buy it? And then the sixth, does it fall in line with my principles? Um, So for instance, I'm a a vegan for ethical reasons. So when I buy food, I choose to buy plant-based food. Um, If it's clothing, it's something that I um, hopefully can find sustainably produced and that will last me a long time. Um, or if it has uh, any type of packaging that hopefully it's recyclable. And then lastly, 
um, which kind of ties back to the first one. Do I need it or do I just want it? And if it's something I just want, then it needs to go back on the shelf. Hi, Josh and Ryan. My name is Chris Urban, and I'm a computer tech calling in from Chico, California. I was listening to your organizing episode and wanted to give a tip to Tanya, who called in wanting to sort her digital files. You guys mentioned cloud storage as an option, which is great for some. I personally dislike cloud storage because I never want to risk my personal privacy if there was a security issue with the cloud service. I'll be facing sorting my own digital files this month, and we'll be doing it with two hard drives, which will be the same model of size, and will be in RAID 1. Without going into too much detail, RAID 1 is a way to set up hard drives to be mere images of each other. Every time a file is added to one, it goes to the other also. It appears as one drive in the operating system. If one drive fails, the other will still have the data. It's a great way to back up important data and avoid the cloud. I realize this sounds very complicated, but it really isn't. Search online for how to set up RAID 1, and I am sure you will find plenty of guides. By the way, we have a bunch more surprise questions this week, like, how do I let go of a 30-year relationship that has expired? How do I let go of expired beliefs and an expired hometown? And what would life look like if we put an expiration date on everything? Plus a million more questions for The Minimalists. And if you want to hear all that, check out The Minimalist private podcast this week. Visit patreon.com slash The Minimalist to subscribe and get your personal link so that our private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. You also gain immediate access to hundreds of hours of private archives, recordings of live events, exclusive home tours, and our private community of thousands of open-minded minimizers like you. You can follow The Minimalists on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Minimalists. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. And if you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list on our website. You'll also receive our simple Sunday newsletter for free. And if you leave here today with just one message, let it be this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'll be fine without it